Hello and welcome back to 7 Skills for the Future podcast series 2. My name is Emma Sue Prince and this podcast is all about putting you back into the driving seat of your own life. These 7 skills will make you happier, you'll live a life of purpose and meaning just by using and trying them out every single day. Today, I am delighted to be welcoming Chris Dudley from The Coach Collective. Chris is one of the UK's top life coaches, so I'm really interested to talk to him about these skills. Welcome, Chris. Thank you very much for having me, Emma Sue. It's an absolute pleasure to be on the podcast. I'm a huge fan of the seven skills of the future, so I'm looking forward to having the opportunity to talk about them with you. Fantastic. So, Chris, could you start by telling our listeners a bit about what you do at The Coach Collective? Absolutely. So I am a life coach and I specialize in working with people specifically with uh, mental health challenges. I term them to be the successfully depressed. So people who are incredibly successful, but they feel somehow held back by their past or limited by what they want to achieve in the future. So it's Winston Churchill who coined the term the black dog when describing Mm. his own relationship with depression. And I definitely feel like my own relationship with depression was a problem worth overcoming. And using the tools and techniques of coaching, I was able to overcome my lifelong battle with depression and obsessive compulsive disorder. And now I support other people to do the same. Fantastic. So when it comes to the seven skills, Mm -hmm. um, which are the ones that seem to be most relevant for the people that you work with? Yeah, great question. I think all of them, I imagine you get that answer a lot, but they're they're all so valuable. I do think the seven skills actually lend themselves to being triggers for people starting coaching. So Mm -hmm. it's usually the absence of one of those skills that leads them to seeking support from a coach. So for example, if it was adaptability, it might be that they're experiencing a challenging in their life and they're not able to adapt to it Mm -hmm. and they want some support in being able to do that. Or they've got a problem that they're trying to work through, but their critical thinking skills is preventing them from being able to identify a potential solution or really to think bigger about how they might solve that and then everything through to uh, optimism is a huge one for the people that I work with so Mm. often they'll lack that optimism they'll feel trapped in their current situation and not really feel like there's a way to get out of that But then equally, I will also work with people who have got grand aspirations, big goals, big dreams, but they find that they're not being proactive in working towards those. Mm -hmm. So they're finding themselves thinking about doing things as opposed to actually doing them. So it sounds like they themselves recognize that they need coaching. So they come to you and they, you know, they they, they recognize that they have a lack of one of these skills. Is it that obvious or or is it sort of more um, hidden? Yeah, it's not obvious for them. So I think there's been a big movement towards coaching in the UK. So I started as a life coach about three and a half years ago, but I trained for the previous 10 years in personal development. 
Mm. And when I got into coaching, I did proactively go into it knowing that the market was going to follow, that people were going to become more interested in what coaching is and how it can support them and how actually it's an alternative to traditional forms of therapy. So I'm a huge advocate for counseling, for psychotherapy. But I do find that the people that I work with have a good enough understanding of the challenges they've experienced and how they've arrived where they are. They now just want the tools and techniques in order to be able to move forward. But they don't often know what it is about them. Uh, that's holding them back they'll often Mm. when they start work with me go it's just me it's just me Mm. I'm I'm Mm. getting in my own way and I don't understand why I do that and so how do you help them work that out I think initially the the first uh, I usually work with people for three months so it does mean that I've got a huge time frame over which to work with them and usually the first couple of sessions so the first I do 90 minute sessions so the first three hours are really just going to be focused on gaining a deeper understanding of themselves so mm-hmm. how they arrived where they are. And that's probably where more of a therapeutic element comes into it. But, you know, how is it you've arrived with these challenges you're experiencing? Them, experiencing? And also then looking at how is it they experience those challenges? So when somebody says, maybe I lack confidence, how is a lack of confidence impacting mm-hmm. your life? So it's really about getting them to connect with the challenges and how they're experiencing them. And that can often be a big breakthrough moment for them. And Mm -hmm. you'll know only too well from the the writing that you've done on empathy, the power of a person being listened to is incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. So them just having somebody who listens to them uh, doesn't always say it's okay, because that that's not what I'm there to do. I'm there to say it's not okay, but we'll work through this. Mm-hmm. And that there's a lot of power in that as well in that initial conversation. Mm. And as a coach, do you find that you sometimes need to push people to kind of give them a metaphorical push to move forward? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the, the primary reasons uh, people will often take coaching is that they will have read some fantastic self-help books, they'll have interacted with courses, but sometimes that one-on-one work really works quite well for them. And a key part of coaching is accountability. So mm-hmm. I always say to people when they're first speaking with me about the potential to take coaching and to work with me, I'll always say when you're looking for a coach, make sure that you find a coach that is willing to uh, support you, but push you in equal measure. Mm-hmm. So you should feel supported and challenged equally. If mm-hmm. you're just supported, it can mean that you have a lot of nice conversations, but fail to move forward. Whereas if you're just challenged, it can lead you to feeling overwhelmed and like the coach isn't really on your side. Mm-hmm. and often they'll you know they'll have tried pushing themselves before and it's not worked for them so a coach just saying get this done doesn't often work that you need to provide them with the tools and techniques uh, to be able to do that yeah now I want to ask you as one of the UK's top coaches your thoughts your take on you know you were talking earlier that you know there's coaching is big you know it's everywhere mm-hmm. um, but surely there are coaches who are perhaps not necessarily qualified to coach or not necessarily very good at it you know what what's your take on that because it's still kind of unregulated isn't it it is yeah and that works I think that works for us and against us so the fact Mm. that it's not regulated means that a coach has the flexibility and the tools and techniques that they can use so they don't have to feel restricted by uh, any form of legislation on how a coach should coach so it does give you that freedom to use your intuition and to work Mm. with what it is that the client gives you but it does also mean that people are getting certificates on uh 
off websites and they're doing one day training and then on the back of that they're calling themselves a life coach and that really does cause damage in the industry yeah yeah. what i will often say to somebody looking for a life coach is look for testimonials so really look for the testimonials that person has got on their website and most coaches myself for sure would always say to somebody if they're a little bit on the fence and apprehensive about coaching and whether or not it can work i do have a pocket of clients that would always take a telephone call for me from a perspective Mm-hmm. client because I do think we, we are in an industry that is uh, marred by smoke and mirrors and mm-hmm. I think it's really unfortunate and I think as well in the UK it kind of slightly different to America we, we don't buy into that as much that type of approach yeah we, we prefer something that that does really have more integrity and more authenticity and I think people really crave that and I'm sure people don't always know, you know, if they're looking for coaching, they don't always know what to look for. So your advice is really, really, really helpful. Uh, so if any of our listeners are looking for a coach, then do take Chris's advice. Looking back at the um, seven skills, coming back to mm-hmm. those for a moment, which of those do you think are the most challenging to develop? Really good question. Yeah, no, that's really good. I think that one of the most challenging for people to be able to actually develop is critical thinking. People often think that it would be around being proactive. If I could just be more proactive, then I'd be able to move forward in my life if I could be more optimistic. Mm -hmm. But people can actually develop those uh, a lot more easier. And there are actually more tools and techniques that are quite explicit that a person can use in order to be able to create more optimism, more proactivity. Whereas critical thinking is really at a deep level. People have thought how they thought for many, many years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And equally, I, I kind of echo what you put so eloquently in the book that in education we don't necessarily prime all of these skills particularly critical thinking skills mm-hmm. we you know from a very young age are taught how to think and a lot of that is to do with memorize things and be in a position to be able to remember them in an exam yes. and we don't necessarily applaud the child that can think differently so I think that when you get adults who are coming into a coaching environment and they are seeing the problems or the challenges or the goals that they want to achieve, they are often very limited by the ways that they can think about achieving those. Mm. So actually mm. having them start thinking about a different way of thinking is one of the bigger challenges. Thinking about thinking is, t- is tough for the people that I work with. But once they get the hang of that and are able to think differently and, and think problems through differently, it can be incredibly liberating for them. And they're some of the stories that they will uh, often share with me where they'll come back and go, this happened. And, you know, I sat down and I really, you know, took time to think about this and look at all of the options that were available and yeah. all of the things that felt like they weren't available and the reasons for that. And that can really help a person to move forward. But it's one of the tougher ones to create. I also talk a lot about the assumptions that we tend to make and Mm -hmm. and sort of limiting beliefs that we have about things as well. Could you say a little bit more about those two aspects? Yeah, so we we will always do things the way that we've done them. So that's what we're programmed to do as humans. uh, The unconscious brain is responsible for the majority of actions that we take. And that's really a basic human instinct for survival. So when you step out into the road, for example, and a bus is coming at you, your unconscious mind will have you step back. Whereas if you had to consciously think that through, the chances are, unfortunately, you might be under a bus because the brain at an unconscious level can think so rapidly. 
So as a survival mechanism, whenever the brain sees us doing things a certain way for a certain number of times, it will store that as an unconscious unconscious process or an automatic Mm -hmm. process that it will just do for us in the future. So similar to what I said with critical thinking, because we've always thought a certain way, we'll always think a certain way. That leads them very nicely into limiting beliefs. And limiting beliefs are beliefs that we have about ourselves or others that by holding on to them somehow hold us back from achieving our potential. So if a person Mm -hmm. believes themselves to not be confident, for example, they will, by having that belief, make decisions that would empower that belief, albeit Uh that that belief is restricted. So they will seek evidence in order to uh, evidence that that limiting belief exists and is right. And what that means then is when they are having to make a split second decision, or even some of the longer term decisions, they'll place that in the unconscious mind. The unconscious mind will say, that's not something we do. We don't really get Mm -hmm. up and talk in front of people. But often the belief itself is outside of our conscious awareness. So that's one of the real values in, in coaching and in forms of experiential learning as well, is that you dig mm-hmm. deep to a level whereby you actually bring these beliefs to conscious awareness mm-hmm. and then support a person to be able to work through them. Yeah, that must be so powerful because I think it can be easy to hide behind sort of saying, you know, that's just the way I am. Mm-hmm. Do you come across that? Yeah, it's so fundamentally a part of them that they can't change it. And I, yeah. oh, they believe they can't change it. And I experienced that myself. So mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. during my training in neurolinguistic programming, we were working through limiting beliefs. And one that was identified by the coach that I was working with was that I held on to the belief that I got on better with women than men. Mm -hmm. Now, when they said that's a limiting belief, even though I'd had the training, I turned around and said, well, no, it's not a limiting belief. I get on better with women than men. They said, well, no, that's just a belief that you hold. There is Uh, no reason you can't get on with both men and women. But we fundamentally have so many memories, so many past decisions associated with that belief that we have about ourselves Mm -hmm. that it can Mm -hmm. often be challenging for a person to think differently about that and Mm -hmm. how much it might have impacted them. I think with limiting beliefs, the one thing that I experience when we have that breakthrough moment is actually a person then probably the next week having a real sense of loss. Mm. because Mm. what happens is a person goes away reconsiders their life's decisions up until that point and they can then see how much that limiting belief may have robbed them of Mm. you know things that they've chosen not to do past decisions that they've made relationships that they've maintained or because they had a a belief that was working against them albeit that the unconscious mind is doing it because it thinks that's what the person wants so it's there as a protective mechanism it's just got a little bit skewed with its programming and of course what we tell ourselves is so powerful isn't it Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that can be positive. That's one of the reasons why positive affirmations can be so powerful. Mm -hmm. And equally, it can be powerful working with a coach who has belief in you, where you lack belief in yourself, Mm -hmm. because it can, you know, only takes a matter of time before they start believing you. And then by believing you, they can move to the next stage of believing themselves as well. Mm -hmm. So I'll often start when I start coaching with somebody, say, I have unlimited belief in your potential. And that can be quite tough for a person to hear. <laughs> and I, but I will always say, this is going to be really hard work. Yeah. So this is going to be really hard work and it's going to be tough. But if you're willing to play the game, it's the best game worth playing. Yeah, yeah. And do you think it's possible for people to self-coach themselves? Is that, I mean, I, it's just a term I've made up now, but <laughs> is, is that possible, do you think? It's a great term. Yeah, I do think so. I think that, you know, I... I 
would be lying if I said I didn't think the value in coaching is in doing it with a coach mm. because it, they can really raise your awareness in the moment. There's so much power between communicating with another human being and having that human being hold up a mirror to you and you know to read your body language the language that you're actually using your tone of voice and to feed that back and ask one question that might be the mm. question that completely changes the way you think about yourself but i do think you can definitely self coach and there are great tools and techniques that a person can use in order to start bringing around that change and for some people it might not need that be that they need anything as in depth as a coaching relationship with another coach it might be that they do just need tools and techniques mm. so yeah i would definitely agree with you and say a person can self coach it's good to know so what are some of your top tips chris for making sure that we are living our best lives i know that's one of your um mantras you know be better, it is. better tomorrow yeah. than you are today so how do we do that how can we do that yeah and i, th- I think you know thank you for echoing my my favorite saying there be more tomorrow than you are today i think firstly it's having an appreciation of that and that it takes uh, work every day mm. and that's what you know i love about the book is the element of you connecting with nobody's perfect you're still working these skills daily <laughs> I, I find myself working <laughs> these skills daily you know i will often have a great coaching session and then sit for an hour myself and procrastinate <laughs> go why am i doing this I, what am i doing so we're constantly working I think some of the the best tools you can use initially are to have a really good connection with vitality. Mm. So one of the tasks that I do that I'd be happy to share with your listeners is a vitality checklist. And that's asking a person to consider all the different areas of their life and how if they were to commit to a small goal in that area, be that daily or weekly, what kind of impact might that have on their mood and their capability to live a better life? Mm -hmm. And that might be everything from thinking about the food that they're eating, thinking about the exercise that they take, the amount of time that they spend socializing, uh, decreasing some uh, mood inhibitors so things like alcohol mm-hmm. they might want to re- make a reduction to that at sleep I'm a you, you know from having spoken with me before I'm a, so I'm a huge advocate for sleep <laughs> so I will often say to a person if they say I need to improve my performance or my mood and all of these things what's your one big tip I would say sleep longer <laughs> you know sleep long unless you have depression then that's probably not the best thing to do and I've uh, been there and experienced that myself but I think a really good connection with vitality Mm. would be the key thing Mm -hmm. and then I think secondly would be around kind of the integrity piece that you explore and having a really clear understanding of your own values Mm -hmm. because I think that the majority of ills that are experienced by the people that I'm blessed to be able to work with is because they're living a lifestyle that's actually breaching their own personal values. Mm. And mm. that that's toxic in a way. And I think that then creates uh, ill health within people, specifically at the mental level. You know, mm. for example, if you're going into your day job and every day within your job, you're breaching one of your values, mm. maybe you hold uh, trust very highly or, or honesty, for example, and you find yourself being pushed into a position where you are having to you know, lie in order to continue within your role. So you're lying to customers in order to protect them, but every day you're breaching your own values. So I think mm. a really good understanding of of what your values are and how you can better live by them mm. is a, a really key way that you can move forward. Great tips. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. So if our listeners want to find out more about you and about your work and what you do, how can they how can they find you? Yeah, thank you for asking. They can head to thecoachcollective.co.uk. 
And that's where they can find all the details about the type of coaching that I do and the programs that I offer. But there's also 28 tools on there. So these are actually self-help guides that a person can download, including the vitality checklist that I mentioned, and also an activity around values, so that they can interact with those and do some self-coaching like you previously mentioned. Fantastic. Can you just give us the name of the website one more time, just so our listeners really get it? Yeah, absolutely. It's thecoachcollective.co.uk. Thank you so much. So listeners, do head over to that website and do get hold of some of those free resources. Thank you so much, Chris, for coming on the show today. It's been wonderful having you with us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to speak with you and your listeners. Thank you for listening to the seven skills for the future podcast there are all sorts of things you can do to boost each of the seven skills if you want more ideas you can buy the book seven skills for the future you can also go online to our website unimenta and join as a member and you'll be able to access more resources ideas and free downloads if you have a question you want to ask on these podcasts get in touch through instagram at seven skills for the future or on Twitter and Facebook at Unimenta. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your podcast player of choice.